I'm basically, if you imagine where Hawaii is north of the mm-hmm. equator. Yes. Um, French Polynesia is about the same distance south of the equator and about the same longitude. So uh-huh. kind of, um, yeah, mirror the equator versus, uh, with Hawaii. And it's about where I am in the Pacific Ocean. All right, welcome to another episode of the Open Road Podcast. My name is Calvin, and I'm here with Jeremy, my lovely co-host. Oh, hey, Calvin. Uh, nice to be back once again. Um, I yeah, good. Just good to be podcasting. It's it's been uh, it's been some time, but uh, life is good. So we were just talking, and you know, we we should kind of maybe do a little bit of a background of uh, who we are ourselves for potential new listeners that haven't gone through the entire. You know, how many episodes have we done? Like fifty or sixty, maybe. Yeah, we've been doing this for like about a, a year and a bit now. So yeah, we, we're going to tell you a little bit about ourselves and also give you a little bit of a sense for what this show is all about. Because if you are a new listener, we would just love if you were to stick around. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, mm. Calvin. Wh- all right, fired up. What do you got going on? Who, who all are right, you? what do I got going on? Who uh, am me? I? <laughs> Uh, I'm Jeremy. I'm one of the uh, one of the one of the co-hosts here. Obviously, this is weird talking about ourselves. We haven't done this in like uh, a really long yeah, we, time. <laughs> we should have thought about this differently. Maybe had a couple like key things. A couple to talk things. About. No, no, no. I mean, here's here's a little bit of info. Favorite I'm kind of fruit. <laughs> Favorite fruit. Favorite fruit is uh, you know a, just a nice uh, honey crisp apple. No, um, I've been married for three years. Coming up this summer to my lovely wife Katie. We just bought our first house, so that's kind of one of the adventures on our horizon or on in I guess in our in the middle of our day-to-day right now and uh, I am the keeper of the great RV that we use for our many road trip uh, adventures so uh, that's probably enough for now yeah that's probably enough I mean you know we can get into a little more nitty-gritty details but that's up to the listener to kind of figure out on on their own well and just now start journeying with us you know yes yes if yeah. someone didn't know we had an RV, now they're like, oh, there's an RV, there's some adventure, there's stories, there's fun, you know? Do you think our kids are ever going to um, know what an RV is? <laughs> or are they just going to be on VR? They'll have, just, to ha- <laughs> they'll have to RV on VR? That's BS, man. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a really good conclusion you've just drawn there, Calvin. And I love, RV I love on your VR insights. is BS. I, I'm going to get a t-shirt I- drawn up. This actually tells us something nice about yourself, Calvin. You're always very observant, and you're good at drawing parallels. But what else? What else is? Uh, tell us about what else is cool about you. Well, what's cool about me, Jer? Um, well, I've been thinking about that a little bit just as you were talking, and I guess I'm kind of an experimenter of things. I yes. seem to kind of dip my hand into lots of little pies. So, I mean, what am I? Uh, I hate giving my job as a definition of me so i'm gonna just leave that yep. as the very last thing yeah if ever if i bring it up which i'm gonna just not um <laughs> but i mean i'm like an, an amateur beekeeper that's something i'm really fired up about um i'm a recent father to a little baby so that's been a whole uh, whole other uh world that i've been introduced to which is super fun yep. and, and just really really cool to dive into um i keep a couple plants around the house you know <laughs> I kind of live near nature, so uh, you know I, I'm into uh, you know um, exploring that a little bit. I guess I really enjoy slalom skiing. That's you kind have of a, kayaks. I have kayaks, so I, I kayak a bit. Uh, recently, I've gotten into running, so I've been running a little bit lately. Seriously? And it's been, 
Yeah, Jer. Yeah. Sprinting? <laughs> Not sprinting. All, I actually uh, all out sprint. I did a sprint today um during work. Yeah. And then uh but I but j- just jogging. Yeah. Around nice, the streets. Nice. You um, haven't talked about your your love affair with uh uh wood yet. Oh yes. And I'm uh I guess I'm like maybe like intermediate to I don't know what level, but I am a woodworker by trade. Um, I would put you in inter, uh, maybe not advanced because that gets a little bit crazy. But yeah, I don't Calvin I, I don't makes like amazing it. stuff, and you know, used to build wooden boats, and that's no easy task. So, yeah, um, I suck at keeping a nice lawn, so that's you know, bad <laughs> thing. Lots of weeds. I, I keep a pretty good lawn. Do you? Do you spray? We get good. We get no, 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 no spray. I will never spray. But we get nice rain down here, and it's a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe a little nicer, but anyways, that's more than enough about us. Well, that's that's kind of weird to talk about, but yeah, dude, I hope ooh, I feel gross. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else uh, I've been doing that's kind of weird, Jer? Trying to take ice showers, like just ice cold. Been? Oh, it's so good, dude. I you're, highly, you, I highly you recommend are, it. You truly are doing a ton of weird stuff these days. I highly I recommend I to- <laughs> having have a normal shower, crank it to the cold. Don't do it all the way because you'll like lose your breath. No, but you, like yeah, I've yeah. been slowly trying to get into just uh, to get the, the full cold and then trying to slow your heart rate down when you're in there. It's really, really d- tricky. Well, here's an interesting thing. My shower head actually has a thermometer on it. So oh. I will be able to tell how cold I can go. Ooh. Which, whereas right okay. now I just have my perfect temperature that I absolutely love, which is like 42, 43 nice. uh, degrees, nice. which is pretty hot. I like a hot shower. <laughs> Yeah, I, I typically um, don't. Yeah. So what were you going to yeah. say, Jer? Well, I was just going to say, um, I was just going to kind of move a little bit more towards what this podcast is all about, again, for our new listeners, if there are any of them out there. But it's all about helping people find adventure in the everyday. And the people are you, and they're me, and they're Calvin. And, uh, you know, we find that it, life is full of responsibilities. It's full of different, you know, things that can get you down or whatever it might be. But how do we move to a place where we can see every day as an adventure and find new and exciting things in either the mundane parts of life or get out of our comfort zone, have a cold shower or start something new or do something even crazier that adds more adventure to our everyday. So that's what we try to do on this podcast. And as we are interviewing people who are on cool adventures, Calvin and I like to share the personal things going on in our lives and, and make sure that we're living living out an adventure in living some it up. way you know i'm uh, really excited about our guest this week yeah um, that too captain liz clark and I'm, we should just leave it at that or unless you have uh, some other like really like um buzz uh descriptors for her no i think that's actually really good calvin thanks uh one thing i would note to our listeners is that our skype connection wasn't as good as it could have been and at one point we do in fact lose contact with Liz, we'll just chalk that up to uh, getting lost at sea, pardon the pun. But anyways, yeah, uh, if we're talking over each other a little bit, don't mind that. Uh, I think the call ended up turning out pretty good, considering the massive distance between us. Here's our conversation with Captain Liz Clark. Okay, another uh, a very, very interesting guest that we're really excited uh, to have on the podcast. We have Captain Liz Clark here with us today. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, it's so so nice of you to take some time out of, I'm sure, what's a busy and uh, beautiful day over in French Polynesia to chat with us. And 
there's so many places we could go with this conversation, but um, I would love to start with uh, just some really quick background on how you actually got into sailing, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, my father always had sailboats. My family uh, loved to take their vacation. Our vacations were always on a boat. Um, we'd go and take the weekend and go out and anchor in the bay in San Diego. And so I, I grew up on boats and been in my blood since I was a kid. I did sure. learn to sail myself on little sailing dinghies. And um, we eventually took a trip to Mexico for one season, about seven months, uh, when I was nine years old. And on that trip is when I kind of formulated the dream of, of traveling and seeing the world by sea. So where do you go from there? I mean, you've got the dream. You've got, obviously, you have, I mean, you're familiar with boats and you have access to them. Where, where do you start going, uh, taking it a little more seriously? Gosh, you know, um, after that trip, I, I talked about it a lot, I think, around my parents. And I don't think they took me that seriously at first, but um, eventually they gave me a world map. Or maybe for my birthday or something, and yeah. I, I wrote, I drew arrows on it, and I put it on my wall, and um, I, I made like this little piggy bank that said around the world fund, and all through huh. my childhood and teenage years, um, I was you know just doing normal kid stuff, but I always had those near, and I put a lot of mental energy into imagining myself out on that adventure and um hmm. i do believe that our thoughts are creative and we have a lot of power to manifest the circumstances that can bring things into our life um our desires especially because i think they really um are part of why we're here so anyway back to the main story i was i i did put a lot of mental energy into um to creating this dream and bring it into life. And, um, yeah. I eventually, when I graduated from college, I got a job crewing on a yacht and I took another little trip with a boyfriend and I just put myself near what I envisioned, you know, would bring me closer to somehow realizing the dream. Right. Um, cool. And then I was lucky enough to, cross paths with a retired professor who was in my field of environmental studies at UC Santa Barbara. And he was 80 years old at the time and looking for someone to give his boat to, to oh, wow. take a long distance um, voyage. And he had always wanted to do that in his lifetime. And he never, never did and never got the chance. Huh. So he did a lot of coastal sailing and, um, had a wonderful, wonderful sailing life, but um, he never was able to take a long, long-term voyage. So um, we came together, and at that time, it was, um, you know, exactly what I was looking for. And so we started off on a two-year project to overhaul the boat and wow, make it ready for open ocean. And so that yeah, sounds I, amazing. I mean, what are the chances that you're going to run into someone who wants to just like put that dream right in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. I don't seriously. Know. 
I credit so, uh, a lot to all the dreaming and and thinking that I did about about the dream. That's amazing. Um, so, I mean, what what kind of shape was this boat in when you got it? Was it a bit daunting, or um, were you excited for the project? Well, you know, boats are funny because from the outside they can look so everything can look great, and then you open it up and it's a can of worms. So at the beginning, <laughs> yeah. you know, I really, I really did not know what we were getting into. Um, sure. And I don't think he did really either at the time in terms of how thoroughly um, he wanted to prepare the boat. I think he felt right. some sort of responsibility to make it uh, really safe for me. And um, I was only 23 at the time we met. So I, I do think... Um, he went above and beyond to make it extra safe, Very. but we did a lot of work. It took a huge amount of energy and research and working with different marine experts to kind of bring the boat sure. back to, to a place where it would really be um, safe for me to head out on. Well, it's, that's kind of a cool skill because I feel like you going and doing all of that work and the repairs, and I imagine you would have had to do a, fair bit of mechanical work does it have like a little like a yanmar in it or something it does it has a um a little inboard diesel and yeah you know yeah like all of those skills you would like it's those are great for being out on the ocean yeah looking back it was it was such a blessing that the boat was in the shape it was because if it had been all ready to go uh, i wouldn't have learned anything about fixing it and in those yeah. two years that we did all those repairs i yeah that was kind of one of his requirements was that i apprenticed with all these marine experts yeah, sure. that, that mm. um you know helped fix the boat up as i was right right beside them you know passing them the tools and uh, learning how to tie the knots and all these things that really paid off down the road that's awesome calvin calvin and i we have uh an old RV that in very much the same way we've had to do so much work on it now that anytime something goes wrong on the road, we kind of know what the deal is. So yeah, that's, um, that's, so that's, that's really good. Um, another thing that, um, is kind of interesting to me. Um, Calvin actually used to b kind of build and restore old wooden boats. Um, so he kind of cool. knows a little bit more about that than I do, but is, you know, it sounds like this boat, it was doing coastal trips, so it was obviously holding water and, and seaworthy. So is there sure. one thing in particular that, uh, was maybe on the more technical side that you guys had to do to make sure it could handle open ocean? Like, can you paint a picture for what needed to change from the mm. boat, um, to make it actually worthy of a much longer voyage? Okay. Yeah. I mean, structurally the boat was in pretty good shape we did end up um glassing over the rail where the deck meets the meets the hull um it was leaky and and we ended up just ripping the whole rail off and, and glassing over it that was the biggest structural change we did but otherwise we changed the rigging which is like the the cables that hold up the mast and the ropes that are going to be um, okay. used to right, trim right. your sails and things like that. We, All the we sails are original? did a lot of work on that stuff. The sails were in decent shape. We kept the same sails. Um, they're not the same sails I have today, but um, right. But at that point, we didn't need new sails. And basically, the, the most work went into 
imagine if you're coastal sailing or if you're taking your RV out for just a weekend. Um, That's comparable. Yeah, very comparable. <laughs> well, it is in the sense that you might be able to plug into a power source when you yes. get back and charge the batteries back up, right? Yeah. But yeah. on a long-term voyage or a long-term, you know, cross, uh, going cross-country, there's maybe going to be places where you have to rely on solar panels instead of hmm. um, grid electricity. Uh, so it was really about making adding water storage, adding fuel capacity adding a off-grid power system solar panels interesting and um, that kind of thing so that you didn't have to require being back in a port really very often you know what are those machines called that uh that turn the salt water into fresh water oh um a reverse osmosis desalinator desalinator yeah so do, do you have or one a water of those on, maker. on the that's, I do. that's much easier yes <laughs> just call it a water maker, Calvin. Water yeah. Maker. Really? What does it make water out of? Uh, water. <laughs> so is that kind of? I mean, is that kind of your? I don't know. Your beating heart of the ship. With the water maker. Sorry, well, yeah. Like, what happens if that thing? If that thing dies, I mean, um, how how long can you go? Do you have tanks of water in there, like drinking yeah. water? Um, I mean, d- depending on what kind of like distance you're trying to do in terms of a passage to be honest right. i don't use the water maker very often anymore oh, okay i because i've been in areas where the the water on land is potable and i can just go and get it in jugs and bring it back and oh, fill my tanks right. whereas so it's not so much you... the beating heart but as like the extra <laughs> pair of shoes <laughs> Yeah, it's more like the parachute <laughs> you'd pull. Um, and on long passage, it's definitely um, a nice thing to have or in right. places where water is really limited. Um, Liz, one thing I'm a little bit interested in is I was hanging out with some family friends over the Christmas break this past year. And they talked mm-hmm. about how they would take their kids on these sailing journeys kind of down in the Bahamas. But they would go and live off this boat for like a week or two. And... Uh, one thing about myself is I am a absolutely terrible swimmer. So the whole time they were describing being like out in the middle of nowhere on a boat, all I could think of was how unbelievably fearful I would be in that scenario. No one else around, nothing but open ocean. And then they started telling me about this crazy storm that whipped up in like whatever, no time at all. And I was just thinking to myself, that is by far the mo- one of the most terrifying things I could ever imagine. Um, do you ever get scared? And um, how, how do you live with the uncertainty of the nature that surrounds you when you're out there? Yeah, that's a really good question. And first, I'd like to just kind of make the comparison that like, you know, sailing obviously is something that's really far from what you've known or, or lived or grown up with. Um, yeah. But like the fear capacity and the, f- the amount of fear that you have is so relative to your understanding of what the subject is, you know. So right. 100%. for me, yes. I grew up on boats and I, I grew up with that situation. So I didn't associate a very fearful feeling with being out on the sea. Um, having grown up with, you know, my dad, I never, he was a great sailor. He always kept us very safe. And, um, 
so I associated it with all the great feelings that you can feel while you're out there, freedom sure. and um, wonder and, you know, those sorts of things. And, but of and course, you, yes. Um, go ahead. Oh, and so like your worst nightmare would be, I mean, driving an RV in a snowstorm, basically. <laughs> what you're saying. Def- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like I would have no clue what to do, you know, or even yeah. just t- knowing how to do anything in the winter in Canada. <laughs> I would be yeah, like a chihuahua, you know, in the desert. I don't know. It'd yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really I good perspective. Learn, you know? I'm, gl- I'm glad you made that connection. That that's yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because I, I thought the same thing. I mean, it, it is scary, but of course, like it's relative to like anything. You just get used to it, and you know, you have a, yeah. you know, us. We just don't have an understanding of that 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 world and that element, and of, so of course, it's frightening for us. Yes, and not to say not to like say that there. Are, I mean, I'm I'm scared every time I go out there. To be honest, you, mm-hmm. there's a there's an element of of seriousness you need to take because it is, you know, you, you really do take your life into your own hands every time you, you sail out of a port. Um, especially in the areas where I am, where there's not, there's, you know, there's not a coast guard you can call that's going to come pick you up. Right. So where, um, but that, you know, that getting comfortable with your boat is just like any, um, person who goes out in nature and relies on some one of their equipment, um, yep. or a pilot or whatever, you know, just being very comfortable with the the materials you're depending on is, I think, what, what gives you a lot. At least those things are um, in some way controllable. Sure. And then, you know, you're managing, you have some bit of predictability with weather through forecasting. Mm-hmm. And you're just always managing those risks as much as possible, preventing problems before they happen. And really doing your homework and um, maintenance wise yeah. and keeping everything in good shape so that when you get out there, you don't, you know, you already have enough to deal with when you're out there. Like try to minimize all the problems before you right. leave the court is my strategy. So, and then going along with that, where do you find yourself on, I mean, on the spectrum of allowing and involving all available technology? I mean, cause I, I feel like, you know, as every year there's probably some new and improved something you could have to, you know, help yourself out. Where, where do you find yourself, um, uh, you know, w- with what your ship setup is now? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of new innovation coming through and, um, a lot of it is dependent on your financial, um, right. capabilities. For but you do so have Netflix, years. right? <laughs> you know, Please tell us you have Netflix. <laughs> There's not Netflix out there to break it to you no! guys. Devastating. But, you know, you got like sunsets and sunrises. And much better, much better. We, and, we agree yeah. it's much better. The best stars it, you've ever seen, I'm sure. Yeah. It, it never gets boring. I, I'm not the best on technology stuff, but I have a, a chart plotter. I have the basics. I have a chart plotter. I do have a satellite phone for emergency situations. Yep. Um, and I ha- you have an EPIRB, which is a device that you can set off in an emergency. And it sends your signal to the U.S. Coast Guard, which has all your information. And then okay. and there's a life yep. raft on the boat. Um, 
if you have a radio, I have two different radios, a shortwave and a VHF radio. And, um, what was the, uh, what was your feeling kind of the, your very first trip, um, solo? Like how did that, uh, how did that trip go? And, and what were your kind of, what your feelings going in and coming out of it? At the time, I, I was definitely still intimidated, not only just about being solo sailing, but about being solo in general, just being alone um, wasn't yeah. something I had done very much of. Um, I was always like really social person who made lots of plans and I never imagined wanting to go be out alone at sea. So, uh, right. but over the, the time I, I just, it was something that I like, I kind of got to the place with fear, at least with certain things. There were certain fears that were almost calling me towards them. And this was one of them. I, I knew it was something I wanted to see the other side of. And yeah, going into it, I I was pretty nervous, but the ocean was very kind to me on that passage. I had a really lovely trip. And, um, and what it was, was about the trip? a five-day passage. Yeah, it was about a 500-mile passage from the Marquesas Islands to the Tuvalu's. Yeah, beautiful weather. And um, just right up at the end, the last night was a bit trying. I was kind of stuck between three atolls. And these are really, like, dangerous for sailing. There's no lights on them. And um, oh. I was just waiting for morning. And the wind kind of shifted and went back in the wrong direction. And I had Ooh. to just be up all night looking, being very vigilant of where I was. and. But I arrived safely, and um, I had a, a fisherman guide me into the lagoon there, and uh, nice. was welcomed kindly by the people, and it was oh cool. It was an incredible experience. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, like the feeling of being out there alone. Um, you know, the feeling of being anywhere in nature on your own. It sparks some sort of spiritual connection to the universe for me and mm. um so that was kind of the beginning of like a journey towards really going within um listening more to my intuition tapping yeah. into all these things that you don't really do when you're around people um sure and so yeah it was i i, I loved it and I, I i wanted more and more of it so yeah after that i I did a lot more solo sailing. Uh, one thing that I thought was very interesting about what you said there was the ocean was kind to me, or you said the sea was kind to me. Um, if you could describe the personality of the ocean, would you be able to do it? Or are you able to, now having been doing this for so long, do you have kind of a, a sense for the personality of, of the nature of the sea? It's kind of a weird question. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, there's, there's always um, an unpredictability about the ocean that, um, you know, everyone knows and understands. Um, I think for me, it was almost like what I've, I don't associate it with just the ocean anymore, what um, conditions I end up in. It's, it's also a combination of, you know, where I am um, in myself, where I am aligned with like, what I need to be doing as my soul and on that trip, like that was where I was supposed to be. And, um, the, you know, gave me a little help to make it not such a dramatic. Hmm. Um, Liz, can you bring us a little bit, um, Does that makes any sense before, before I get to woo woo on you guys. 
it does make sense. I'll, I'll make one interesting connection with what you said is that I, I am a, a, a hobby beekeeper and there's this thing around beekeepers where like if you approach the hive and you're anxious or nervous, mm-hmm. the bees are anxious yeah. and nervous and it makes a big mess. So there's this big thing like they really, really try and get guys to, you know, take a few minutes, do a couple of breathing exercises, be calm as yeah. you approach and your whole process, you want to be slow and calm. And the whole thing is like, and that translates directly to the bees themselves and they are calm and gentle and the whole process is so much nicer. So I was just kind of thinking about that sure. as you were explaining your experience. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true, you know, beyond just sailing, I think anything we do, um, the energy we bring to the situations we're in, um, bees is just such a, excellent example because they're so sensitive to your energy right but um you know that subtle that subtle energy we bring to wherever whatever we do i think has so much as a just a bigger bigger effect than we realize on Mm. you know what what we come up against or what we attract or create every time we step into a new experience yeah and i like that idea of you being able to kind of get in touch with that feeling or with some of those things by being alone and by actually being away from people. Part of me thinks that would be for sure a little bit lonely and I imagine it, it is, but it's very neat to see that the fruit of doing something like that is to kind of learn a little bit more about who you are and uh, how you feel and what those feelings kind of produce in terms of uh, your experiences. So that's very interesting to me. Yes, it's something I would encourage everyone to do, whether it's, I mean, I don't think necessarily you have to be alone in nature, but even like going on a trip alone where you don't know anybody and you do end up spending time alone. I I do think it's a great way to learn yourself, your uh, places where you need to work on and tap into some of those subtle voices that um, are so easy to. Yeah avoid or not mm-hmm. hear when you have or all the ignore, noise yeah. of yeah but just a different perspective and, and and i think it's a it's actually a little bit it's a little bit shocking how little we do that calvin and i we try to take a little bit of a, a weekend camping trip just him and i every year and part mm-hmm. of that is we kind of just go off for an hour or two alone we kind of split up and hike off into the forest alone and cool. the last time i the last time i did that I was thinking to myself, when was the last time I was like alone in this way? And I wasn't even very alone. I was only moderately alone. And it had probably been an entire year since the last time I had done that. And we actually didn't do that trip this past summer. So just this conversation has me thinking, wow, there has been no time where I've been alone uh, really over the last number of years. And that's probably true for most people. Yeah, I, I agree. It's hard in the world we live in today that moves so quickly and you know, yeah. you've got to get another post up on Instagram or you got to, <laughs> you know, it's just there's constantly you always feel like the world is needing you. But have, have either of you guys practiced meditation at all? Uh, a little bit here and there. Um, nothing too crazy. I'm just kind of getting into it. What's that app I sent you, Jer? Um, oh, is that oh, a meditation app? Headspace. I find Headspace is really great. I love that app. Great. Yeah. Cool. I, I've... Um, I know a, a little bit about it. It kind of helps you to remind it's you to sit down. It's super intro. Time. Yeah, it's like super intro beginners, and it sends you reminders. And it's like their first thing is like the take ten, where it's just like ten minutes in the morning for ten days straight, and then you kind of move up uh-huh. from there. But it's it's really cool. It's like, man, like I was doing it this morning, and I was like, ah, I rarely, like, well, I, I never do this. I never like kind of 
just sit and do absolutely nothing and kind of just oh, it, it really just gives you the juice for the day is what I'm finding. It's really great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I after having done what, you know, being out on the sea for long periods of time or, you know, generally my lifestyle, um, you know, I can be kind of a hermit out here. And um, right. when I go back to visit family and, and, and things in California or in the U.S., I I kind of miss that space and and I I use meditation. I mean, I, I meditate here as well, but um, it's really like a go-to life thread for me when I'm um, hmm. when I'm back in a more civilized situation where um, you know you're in contact with social stuff all the time. Um, yeah. It it feels like a base where you're all to yourself for a moment. You know, if you just sure. take that time to close your eyes for. So I don't think you, I mean, just in terms of us looking for a way to make that more accessible for people, no matter where they are, or what situation there is, they're in, um, you know, sitting down to do that, even, you know, taking a deep breath. It's like, oh, just taking a moment to, for yourself is, is such a healthy thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Liz, you, we were talking a little bit before the podcast uh, started and uh, some exciting news in your world is that you have just completed a manuscript for, is this your first book? Yes. Well, congratulations on that. And I imagine it talks about probably a little bit about your story and the things that you value and your philosophy on life and adventure and whatnot. Can you give us a little taste of what is in your book and maybe even tell us why you decided to to write some things down? You know, originally when I was approached about writing the book, um, I was excited because even through the blogs that I've written religiously um, for the 10 years I've been out here, uh, to be able to do what I'm doing is not something that everyone's going to get to do. And I realized that. And I've been able to have, you know, some of these experiences that I really wish I could share uh, with people and so writing the book was a way to kind of pass some of that on and mostly not just specifically my experience, using my experience to encourage other people to take their own journey. It's just a matter of choosing what you're passionate about and going for it. Right. Yeah. And that itself is, is an amazing journey. It's the journey of, your, of a lifetime. Uh, when you commit yourself to something you really love and believe in, for me, that that's true living, and I I just I think the world would be a better place if more people, um, if we encourage more people to do that, if people grow up feeling like that's an option for them. So mm. I wrote the book with that in mind, and um, I share a lot of you know my more more my inner journey, of course through the physical experience mm-hmm. that I that I went through, but. Um, I try to share how I evolved as a person from the beginning, you know, from just it as the inception as, of a dream to to being out here and actually achieving everything that I really went for. Yeah. How did you uh, find the writing process? Was that frustrating um, going back and redoing stuff? Um, yeah, I'd have to say it took me about a year of procrastination to even get <laughs> yeah. like, a single word on the page. But um you know, it's such it's such a weighty feeling when you're trying to when you you're trying to put your own life into words or or 
Right. You know, every everything's so subjective and how yeah. you portray your your own life or your, you know, especially when other people are involved, you know, it's all, it's tricky. So I ended up writing the book in the past tense at the beginning. And then after I, you know, made it to the, the end, I decided, gosh, I, I want to rewrite the whole thing in present tense. So I went back <laughs> oh, and man. I wrote the whole thing from the present tense. Um, and it, it was great. I really love the present tense because it, it gives you the flexibility to reflect just what you were thinking or how, how you perceived a moment versus a conclusion to how something was. If, does that make sense? That yeah. does make sense. You were breaking up, but we, I, I, I heard the whole thing. Did you, Jer? Yeah, I think it was like I got super it. slow mo, but I got the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you still there, Liz? Uh, so, so Liz, one one thing that we always love to hear from our guests is a, a practical tip on how we can find more adventure in our everyday. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, getting a boat and sailing solo to these crazy places is definitely not for everybody. But we'd love to get your insight on, for us, you know, here living and potentially just working day jobs or kind of stuck a little bit in the mundane what can we learn from you uh, about how to add more adventure to our lives yeah great question you know uh, I think adventure is all about your attitude Um, you can wake up anywhere and um, you know when you run into a, a glitch or let's just say you you're out and you're standing in the line at the post office, you know, maybe you're going to run into somebody really interesting. And I think sure. just mm-hmm. keeping an open mind to what, um, what the universe is putting in front of you and what, what's offering, what it's offering for you to learn or, um, you know, trying to look at problems that arise uh, instead of being frustrated mm-hmm. about being stuck in traffic, you know, Sure. Um, maybe you're going to turn on a radio station that has like something really interesting that you're supposed to learn that'll help you along your, your journey. So, hmm. um, I think it's, it's, it's more about trying to be open to twists and turns and going into every day as, you know, tr- maybe just try a different route to get to work or do something that you you don't usually do just yeah. try to keep it a little bit spicy you know <laughs> well that's, that's good great. and i and i kind of think almost the flip side of that is very true as well where if you're in the mindset that um oh well if only i was doing this then i would be really adventurous but i mean i think that's just not true it's just kind of a poisonous thought that you know if you know all the ifs and buts then you would be um, you know, this whole new person with a whole new attitude and not that someone can't, you know, flip like that, but it's really hard. And it's kind of, if you're not doing it kind of intentionally now where you are, then I really don't think you would do that, um, in, you know, a more ultimate situation. Sure. I, I think, you know, you can take your everyday life as practice for whatever other right. sort of adventure you're, you're looking for, you know? So it's all about knowing what your goals are and and looking for little sparks of either information or, you know, people 
other opportunities that are going to keep leading you in that, in that mm-hmm. direction. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's like identifying your curiosities or passions and then, um, you know, letting, letting those kind of guide your adventure be, you know, those are kind of like the spark behind it. And then mm-hmm. it's just so fun to see what, um, what the world will offer you when you go mm-hmm. out with, with a curi- curiosity and an open mind. Well, that's great. I love that. Um, Liz, where can we direct people to um, check out all of your adventures and, and uh, writing? I think the easiest way to see what I'm up to is through Instagram, where you can okay. find me at Captain Liz Clark. And awesome. I also have a website where I update it with blogs about once a month. I've been a little slacking off during my book writing, <laughs> but um, I will be giving it more love. And that is at swellvoyage.com. That's a great website name. The name the name of my boat is Swell. Yeah, swellvoyage.com. And, and guys, the links to all of that is going to be in the show notes. So please follow Liz and read some of her things. We truly only scratched the surface with you today, Liz. You know, you're yeah, really a, a really interesting person. And we so, so appreciate you taking the time to uh, speak with us and to share some of your uh, your fantastic wisdom with our guests. So, I mean, with our listeners rather. So thank you so much for, for spending some time with us today. Oh, it's really a pre- pleasure to, to talk with you guys. And I wish you all the best on your own adventures. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Liz. Okay, guys. Take care. Ciao. Calvin, I felt that that was a really special conversation. Yeah, that was really neat. It's That's someone who... Um, you know, I feel we've talked to a lot of people who are um, really involved with uh, with kind of uh, media and uh, and kind of podcast world. And um, I felt like Liz, like she's not that's not her deal. Like she's not really up on all of the latest um, media stuff that's going on. But uh, what an amazing perspective she's able to have because of that. Yeah, well, and I wouldn't I would almost change the language there a tiny bit it seems like she is really she's been blogging forever she has a great instagram page so she does all that stuff but what the sense that i really gather from her is that she is really um she really knows who she is and she does not place her worth or her value in all of that other stuff like she really has had interesting personal transformation that she wants to share with people so she is actually really good at creating value for people in the world of media without allowing it to totally suck her in and just get her you know off of what the things that really matter to her in life which are again adventure and 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 some of the stuff that we talked about in the show damn it jeremy you're able to articulate (laughs) that so much better than i was (laughs) No, it didn't even seem like Liz News knows what anything about media <laughs> is. <laughs> uh, dude, she was Skyping us from French Polynesia. So, yeah, that's yeah, hilarious. I think she knows what she's doing. Uh, but that was even even a, another cool thing about the way that technology can can connect us. We're always amazed by that. And um, uh, you know, it was funny. We kind of kind of lost her at sea there for a minute, which was, uh, you know, kind of funny, but uh, a great conversation. And we would recommend you all chat with her and get her book and um, and, and follow what she's up to on social media. Cool. Um, did you have anything like specific you want to pull from or that you did pull from that conversation we could chat a little bit about? 
Well, one thing that was a really weird coincidence to me was when we talked a little bit about meditation and then literally that day or the day before was the day that you had sent me that um, that app to kind of guide you. I think it was the day after because that reminded me. Yeah. Yeah. The day after of like these guided meditations, the app called yeah. Headspace. and. Yeah. I just love when stuff like that, that seems so random, but you're like, oh, maybe, you know, this isn't super random to be talking about these things all in such close succession. But I know um, it's kind of weird. She brought that up because I was like kind of pretty recently been getting into it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was funny. But you can chalk it up to a coincidence because you've recently been getting into like 85 things. I know. So that's why I'm always like, oh, yeah, I am into that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you also take ice showers? (laughs) Oh, that's pretty funny. But uh, I, I thought it was. Is, how much are you jogging? I'm very interested to hear a little. Very bit little. About so that. here's what happened, Jer. I was uh, home alone a little while ago last week, and yeah. uh, I was gonna mow the grass. And I have a pair of running shoes that are running shoes, and yeah, I yeah, use yeah. them to mow the grass. So I put shorts on. I have like a sporty pair of shorts, and then I put my running shoes on, and I'm like, I look pretty dope right now. Yeah. And then uh, I guess. What was the trigger? I was feeling a little bit sluggish, I think. It was the real thing. And I was just home alone. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try running. And I just started <laughs> running. How many times have you run since? Twice. Twice. This is really new. Like, literally, like, this week. Well, so that I, makes me feel a little bit better. So, as you yeah, know. Yeah, no, no. Don't feel, and, don't feel and bad. As, no, I won't. But as, as, as you know, and as many of our podcasters may know, there was this time in my life where mm-hmm. I did CrossFit. Yeah, I, I that I feel like that's just a chapter in the Jer book that like it's just is a it chapter. Like, do you turn to it or like without him? Not really. <laughs> no, if you want to talk about funny. it, maybe not. No, I don't want to talk about it, but it reminded me of like because you're talking about adding all these new habits and doing trying these new things and it's yes. like always easy very inspiring. Very, the very first place you go to is like, "Oh, I need to be more physically fit and physically active and make those habits." So here's the so thing. I'm, I'm interested to hear about your jogging story because my CrossFit story is that when we moved to our new house, that there's no gym that makes any sense for me to go yeah. to, so it'd just be a major hassle. So I basically quit CrossFit and then I decided to either run or just like do these little workouts at home right. and since i've moved i've only done it twice which okay is bad. so i'm not yeah. crossfit chair anymore I, i've never been interested in physical fitness um i generally am not very good at sports and i'm not into team sports one sport i like is slalom skiing um and it's just like you know requires a hundred thousand dollar boat and a <laughs> lake <laughs> and a like it's like the most property. absurdly ridiculous sport ever um <laughs> Uh, good so, observation. So though. the the running thing is like, and I'm never yeah. So sorry, I'm I'm not into physical fitness because I have actually a physical job, and so right. I'm actually pretty. Um, I feel like I'm strong, um, right? But I felt like cardio. That's something that I really wanted to work on, and the jogging seems really relaxing. And people get so into it, and I just kind of wanted to explore. You know, why are people getting so into this? Right, and and give it a try. Yeah, and that's the thing I think that people need to do is like try out what works for them. And it's interesting. Like I really liked CrossFit while I was doing it, but clearly it didn't make um, this massive impact on me. And I think maybe I'm a little bit skeptical in nature. Like I will almost never buy into something with to like the nth degree where it's like I am a CrossFitter and I'm going to go hard at it. And that's probably a strength and a weakness I find in myself where I'm I like trying new things and starting new things, Mm -hmm. but. I don't often see things through until I have 
achieved the got it crown jewel you know i the other thing that i find that kind of inspires me a little bit is i'm just trying to get into things that i already have the resources at my fingertips yeah so the running was a good example like i was already dressed in exactly what i would wear to cut the grass or run so i might as well just go for it yeah and same with whatever i mean everyone has time in the day to slot out to experiment with meditation or take an icy cold shower like these aren't (laughs) difficult (laughs) things right they're right Right. at your fingertips but it does kind of it did kind of inspire me this conversation we had with liz to think a little bit more about like what's your dream and then how do you take steps towards doing something like that because i know i think the cool thing about achieving a dream is that if you get to a place where you've done that then the only place to go is to achieve a greater or higher dream or right. to like chill and relax and be like, wow, I did that and I'm proud of myself and right. now I've had my fill. So either way, once you've achieved something that you've always dreamed of doing, I think it's I think it's a good thing no matter what. The sailing thing is so interesting to me because, I mean, I feel like she's almost – I really like how she kind of – I can't remember if she talked about this a little bit, but it's almost like the life cycle or story of the boat. Like she got – she yeah. kind of inherited this boat from someone – and she put a ton of you know sweat equity into this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it's almost like I mean I don't know how old this boat is, but it, it would be just so cool to um, somehow log or track that this the you know the the amount of time that this boat has on the water and where it's been and yeah. the stories. So it's really cool that she's kind of almost contributing into this journal that is the book. Or that is yeah, the boat, right? That is the boat. Yeah, well, and I've often thought about that, something similar with our RV. Yes. The thing has been around since 1979. And There's we only so much got mystery. that thing in 2010. So can you imagine the number of people and places and things that have been in that vehicle? No, you can't. And that's amazing. But that's why the time every that time we've had it, we have documented it pretty well. Also, like every time we go over the border, I'm le- there's a legitimate like small part of me that's nervous. Someone has like stuck a joint somewhere <laughs> that we just don't know, and the dog is gonna find it. Right. And then, right. I mean, and then I just I guess like that's uh, buyer beware. Buyer beware. You gotta own it. <laughs> oh yeah, this is my RV, and I have no idea how that got there, officer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah. Uh... That's one of my greatest fears. Really? No, not actually. No, I don't think it is. But that was another interesting part of our conversation was talking a little bit about fear. Um, oh, what is your greatest fear, Jer? Dying uh, alone? Yeah, fear of not being liked. <laughs> not being liked? Is that why you have Facebook? Yeah, that's why I have Facebook. That's why I have Instagram. I thought Facebook solved that problem for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it solves. I think actually yeah, the the answer to human connection is Facebook. So everyone's got to get it. I'm not. I will never. <laughs> um, yeah, this says this guy who wants access to our Facebook page. <laughs> I'm always hey, trying to Jer, get passwords so, for our uh, stuff. Can you give me your Facebook password so I can get to our page? No, I will not. There's an article on there I want to read. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the fear thing was cool. And I, I liked how we kind of were able to break that down a bit uh, to figure out, you know, fear is just... Um, I, I guess different for different people. I'm trying to think of things that you and I are so accustomed to that others would be really afraid of. Um, I guess if you walked out onto your lawn and you really didn't have a lot of experience with uh, the outdoors or insects, you would pr- probably panic and die on the spot. Would that be accurate? 
Because of what? Because you have worms hanging from your tree? You got it. Yes. Those canker worms, buddy. Man, oh man, all of these things are kind of coming together. The force of nature mixed with our fears, mixed with life's challenges. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, maybe, you know, maybe the canker worm story is another, it was one for another day, but now being a homeowner and having these rogue and insane infestations of species that eat all the leaves off your tree, it, it was disturbing. And now I used to laugh at all the people on the news who are like complaining about the little <laughs> problems in their neighborhood and that are affecting their homes. But when you have a tree in your front yard where every single leaf has been chewed up and eaten and it looks like this tree is in the dead of winter in the middle of July of June, you're kind of like, this isn't right and I don't like this and I want my trees to survive. So here's a tree qualm that I'm in right now. This will be quick, but like our neighbor's house just sold yeah, and the guy that bought it, I know, and he says he's going to cut down this massive pine tree Wrong. that's there. And he asked me about it, and I was like, um, does it really need to come down? And he's like, yeah, it should probably come down. Because it's like technically like there's like a little bit of it on my property. So, I mean, <laughs> do I have like an eighth say in what happens to the life of this tree? Or <laughs> like, Why, why does the he bylaw? actually want to take it down? Uh, I guess like the roots are disturbing the foundation of the house. Something like that. That's a bummer. I don't like taking down big trees. It is a big tree. I don't even want to. I don't want my wife or kid in the house when this baby comes down. No, you don't trust any arborist, eh? No. <laughs> so now Not you've really. become this overproductive dad. This thing's. This is a massive tree. It's like longer than our property. Yeah, it's a big tree. So, um, is that the one you climbed to get the bees out of? Not that one. No, different. But tree. W- one similar. No, this is a pine tree that's going to come down. Oh. The big one on the front of our lawn. Anyways, oh, it's, it was yeah. kind of a buzzkill, and then I'm like, mm, how much do I get involved here? Right. I'm choosing not at the moment until the guys come, and then I'm going to wrap myself around it with a chain. <laughs> <laughs> and get make my wife local, to chain me up. Chain me up! Make make the local paper. <laughs> That's my dream. You're just like dehydrated and then sunburnt <laughs> under this tree like for days and days. Your wife's like, like honestly, four feet away from a hose. <laughs> can you come home? I, the, I I literally have my hands full with this baby, and I need some, I need a break. And you're like, no, I need this. I'm taking a stand. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny stuff. Uh, yeah, that would be pretty good. Yeah, no, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that tree to come down. I wouldn't. I think trees, big Here's trees, dying is really sad because okay, if a boat has a story, RVs have stories, trees have stories, man. I know, but then how far do we that go with sounds, that theory? That sounds so tree yeah. hugger, what I just so said. So I was just going to say, like, stories, these are man. things Liz doesn't have to deal with. Like living on the on open a ocean. Boat, you know? I guess yeah. you have your mast. You don't want your mast coming down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's kind of your thing. tree. You need that thing. You need that. But, uh, wow. Anyways, no, that's 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 some good conversation there, Calv, I think. But in, so we can keep this episode under an hour, we should wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap. Um do we have links for all uh, Liz's? Uh, apparently, she's massively into media, and I'm unaware <laughs> of this. So uh, let's plug it hard. Yeah, no, please go. Like we said, please go follow Liz and all the fun stuff that she's up to. The links for uh, to follow her are in the show notes, and there's a new book on the horizon. So definitely stay in touch with what she's Keep doing. Keep your eyes peeled, and ho- you know what, Jer? Let's make. A, I'm gonna hold you accountable. We're gonna put a picture of that book up when it comes out. So oh, all of our listeners, uh, you know, don't forget or are, are ill-informed. We will make it happen. 
yeah, we'll make it happen. Uh, other things, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on the show. And if you have people we should talk to or ideas for how we can make it more interesting, send those to Jeremy and or Calvin at openroadpod.com. So Jeremy at openroadpod.com is the best place. Calvin One of those will give email. you a funnier <laughs> reply than the other. You choose. The choice is yours. I will turn your email into a joke. <laughs> yeah, Calvin's email will be funnier. Your mind will be more to the point and maybe you give what, you an answer. What, what you need faster. <laughs> um, follow our Instagram. That's where we try to keep people updated. And uh, other than that, um, I, I hope that this show was interesting to you. And now we only have one thing to say to you, and that is go find some more adventure in your everyday. <laughs> <laughs>